people think uh, that if they are uh, contacted by a debt collection agency, okay, what does the world now think about me? Yeah. What does this debt collector think about me? And um, this sometimes even uh, hinders the people to uh, to get in touch with a debt collector mm -hmm. uh, because they are so scared to take uh, uh, to take care of that. I'm Steven Spears, and this is the future. The future of the future of customer engagement and experience podcast. Welcome to this episode. As always, we're presented by thefutureofcommerce.com, where you can stay ahead of customer experience trends with daily updates that are informational, educational, and entertaining. Check out the most popular articles section. It's on the right-hand side of the site there. You'll find one of my favorite articles, the 10 brands with the best customer service aren't who you'd expect. That article relates really nicely to today's episode as well. So check it out at thefutureofcommerce.com. This episode, we explore the future of customer engagement and experience in debt collection. You may know the feeling. You check the mail, and as you're flipping through the mail, bill, bill, you find junk. an invoice from a collection agency. Remember that doctor's visit bill that you kept telling yourself you need to pay? Well, it's gone to collection now. Debt collection has been around as long as there has been debt and is older than the history of money itself, going back to the ancient civilizations as early as 3000 BC. Now, things were a little bit different then. Uh, in those civilizations, if a debt was owed that could not be paid back, the debtor and the debtor's spouse, children, or servants were forced to work for the creditor. Debtors' prisons even existed until the early 1800s. That's crazy. Clearly, we've come a long way from putting people in prison for debt, but uh, the industry still hasn't really evolved to take into consideration customer experience. Introducing me to the idea of creating a positive customer experience in debt collection is my guest today, Philip. Now, how do you pronounce your last name? It is not, it's probably something you cannot really pronounce. It's just a German, German strange thing. It's, it's called Rürup. Well, say that one more time. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rürup. Philip is founder and managing director at Troy, where he's reinventing debt collection by turning debt collection into a positive customer experience. It's a fascinating topic to learn about, but not only that, I believe the ideas and the principles are universal when it comes to customer experience. So you can use them in your own industry and business as you see fit. So I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Yeah. I'm really curious to kind of start off of how you landed in this industry of yeah. all the industries you could come across. Yeah, well, what, what happens, what has to happen that everything goes so wrong, right? So sideways. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, basically I've, I've spent in B2B service businesses my, my entire career and mm -hmm. uh, um, I've worked with uh, with Avato Bertelsmann, uh, and uh, one of their larger departments is really being a debt collection agency, one of the leading debt collection agencies in in Europe. Um, and I've basically had uh, contacts with uh, with debt collection as with colleagues, as I said, uh, as a supplier for debt collection agencies, mm -hmm. uh, as well as a customer for for debt collection agencies, because I've been been working in in an area where you purchase receivables like factoring businesses mm -hmm. then you try to come up with the best practices for this uh, for this b business model basically mm -hmm. 
when you have an, an outside view on that business, you sometimes have the advantage to also identify some room for imp improvement, I would say. Yeah, I could see that. I, I was thinking maybe you had like one incident where they were coming after you and, and, and Phil's like, I can't let anyone do this to anyone else. I'm in so much trouble. I got to get it right, you know? <laughs> uh, like, luckily not, but interestingly, uh, I mean, debt collection happens to the best of us. It happens all the time. Surveys show that 50% of the people just forgot to pay or just have a short-term bottleneck. And uh, that happens if you if you're traveling, for example, if you become a parent, if, have other other things in mind, uh, for example, if if you have completely surprising expenses, uh, for for uh, for example, or or with COVID nineteen now, mm -hmm. I mean, people and and entrepreneurs who've paid on time their entire lives, all of a sudden struggle to pay, they find themselves all of a sudden in a situation when they are contact uh, con contacted by a debt collection agency. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I think this is um, an, an omnipresent uh, topic where you really need to take care of, uh, of the people and, uh, and help them out. Yeah. And, and just to kind of back up and, and you know, really lay it out, it, when we're talking debt collection, kind of like you mentioned, it's, you know, for example, I went to the hospital, they billed me, I maybe forgot, got it in the mail a couple times or something, and I just forgot to pay it these companies will then outsource, you know, that collection to a third party agency. And that's, that's kind of the general process, right? Exactly. So yeah, you have an invoice uh, and the invoice has probably a due date and you might've missed that. And then you typically receive a couple of reminders. Uh, and uh, when you have a lot of things to go uh, going on, then you might miss them too. Mm -hmm. uh, and then typically, yeah, the, out, the, the external debt collection agency uh, comes into play with a traditional debt collection approach, uh, all the bureaucratic and sometimes even threatening process starts. Mm -hmm. um, and this is something that we, we are trying to, to improve. Yeah, well, and you put it right where I was kind of thinking of when I traditionally think about it, and I'm sure it is a traditional idea of it, is that, you know, it, it's negative. Yeah. Like, if I, when I see that letter come in the mail, my first thought is, oh, no, like my house is going to get taken or something, you know? Yeah, yeah I mean, this is uh, the, the general perspective, uh, perception of debt collection is this, this bold-headed guy with a baseball bat that sometimes, <laughs> yeah. someday shows up at your doorstep. Luckily, this is, I mean, uh, with, with every debt collection agency that is at least a bit professional, this is not the case. Mm -hmm. uh, debt collection is pretty much a you know, dialogue be, being um, phone calls, being mails, uh, emails, and those kinds of things. Most of the time, uh, you won't get a visit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, I mean, the, 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 uh, the idea of that is still frightening. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, you still might worry uh, what kind of fees occur, for example, or uh, what kind of consequences this, this debt collection uh, case now has on your creditworthiness, which might um, yeah, cause, some, cause some harm in all the other transactions that you do on a day-to-day -day basis. I think you you mentioned something, I mean, very interesting about how 50% of people, it's just, you know, it slipped their mind or something like that. Um, so how important is it to be so clear with communication? Yeah, I, I do see that. Uh, and uh, luckily, this has been investigated quite, quite intensely uh, with, with surveys and, and studies in that, in that market. 
And there are basically two main issues that people people have uh, with debt collection. One of them being uh, the feeling of shame. People think uh, that if they are uh, contacted by a debt collection agency, okay, what does the world now think about me? Yeah. What does this debt collector think about me? This sometimes even uh, hinders the people to uh, to get in touch with a debt collector mm -hmm. uh, because they are so scared to take care of that. And this obviously doesn't happen, uh, help. Mm -hmm. um, and this is something that, that we've been addressing together with uh, psychologists, uh, really trying to lessen the burden on, on the people, being less formal, being uh, open uh, in, in, in the communication with a, a few hints here and there. Uh, I don't want to tell you about too, too much about the secrets. <laughs> the feeling of, of shame is one main issue. The second one is the feeling of insecurity. Uh, as I said, that the people are just not sure what happens next. Is there really someone showing up at my doorstep? Mm. What consequences does that have to my, to my house, to my car? And um, this is something that we basically answer with a lot of transparency. So we uh, help the people with digital channels, for example, and with a customer self-care portal. We help the people to understand what stages they've, they've been through already. Also, what would come next if they still don't pay, including steps that we involve the court, for example, or even ask a bailiff to come and visit you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, but uh, not in a, in a threatening way, we're really trying to pro uh, pro um, provide transparency uh, and information Mm -hmm. uh, so that people can really start dealing with this, with, with these th things proactively, then we are there to, to help uh, and consult and, f and find solutions. Yeah, no, that's fascinating how much just the communication aspect uh, yeah. takes away a lot of the, the stigma or fear around it. And these are people that were your customer, so yeah. you really don't want to ostracize them through this process. Yeah, I mean, th this is especially true for uh, for industries where companies have a, a customer lifetime perspective. For example, also have very high customer acquisition costs. Mm -hmm. uh, industries like insurance, like banking, telecommunications, utilities, maybe, and even uh, even also some some e-commerce companies. These these companies have spent so much money to win the customers in the first place mm -hmm. um, that it would be very sad if they if they lose that uh, at the, uh, the these customers um, at the at the first uh, sign of uh, of trouble. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say. I mean, this is um, th there's always this uh, uh, there's always been the discussion about customer loyalty and uh, how how strong uh, a customer loyalty is if you have never have an issue in this customer uh, supplier relationship it's also been proven that if there is an issue and you resolve that the loyalty becomes even more robust mm -hmm. uh, and this is something that we simply help help companies with uh, we help them collecting the money and preserving these customer relationships in order to yeah just uh, just support their long-term uh, long-term goals and and growth yeah you know, if you're a customer experience focused company, a lot of times you would have done a lot on your own before it reached, you know, yeah. uh, something you guys are doing. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, when when you look look into the into the spendings into customer experience, 
hundreds of billions of, of dollars have been invest, invested into into improvements of customer experience. Uh, mm-hmm. Last year alone, 500 billion euros worldwide. Mm-hmm. And the, the vast majority goes into optimizations of sales and CRM processes. Mm-hmm. And nearly nothing goes into the optimization of dunning procedures, reminders, commercial processes, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, nothing at all into debt collection until now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, th- therefore, as, as, as long as uh, the, cu- the customer relationship w- works as planned and everybody be- behaves as planned, uh, everything is fine. But as soon as someone forgets to pay, the process basically feels the, the same way like 20 years ago. As you kind of talk through it more, the, the idea of transparency just keeps popping into my head of if you're transparent with everything that's going on, it kind of helps. Absolutely. Builds that trust. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's one, one example that might, might just help understand what kind of insecurity there, there's going on with, with people. Um, mm-hmm. A very common situation in debt collection is that a customer calls us mm-hmm. and says um, and asks, um, "Okay, I, I get my salary next next week. Is it okay if I pay then?" Mm-hmm. And then we agree to do that. And then the customer would call again tomorrow and mm-hmm. basically ask, "Okay, did you really write that down? Did you?" <laughs> It's not on a sticky note on someone's desk somewhere, you know. Yeah, they they are so so scared about this process uh, that some some um, next measure uh, is is on the way uh, if additional fees occur or whatever. Um, so th- this is very interesting. I think when we started off, we thought, uh, okay, we want to do debt collection basically from uh, w- with a customer experience approach mm-hmm. uh, in order to preserve those relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was our priority f- as, as a, a unique selling proposition. That's cool, especially because, like you mentioned, it seems like it'd be something that's very reactive, whereas now it's a, it's a selling proposition. Like yeah, it's, it's not just a cost center. It's a, yeah. it's a profit center in a way. Absolutely. So since it is the future of customer engagement and experience podcast, I have to ask you, like, what's the, what's the future where I, you obviously don't have to share, you know, your secrets of where <laughs> you're all these innovations you got, but in general, you know, it, is there this road that you see of where things could be when it comes to customer experience in debt collection or just in general? Yeah. Um, maybe one, one thing, um, that that we've achieved, but recognize that um, this is not by far not standard anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, is to have really an omni-channel convergence uh, of uh, of interactions with the customer. Mm-hmm. Meaning, yeah, one of one of the one of the key features of our customer self-care portal is an omni-channel mailbox. This omni-channel mailbox basically uh, provides the end customer with the transparency. Uh, about the entire communication thread, um, whether we send out a letter, if she sent out an email, if we send out a short message, if uh, we received a, a phone call, or if we chatted, all yeah. of that uh, in chronological order and all of that in real time. And this is a, a level of transparency most companies uh, would wish for uh, in their CRM processes as well. 
Yeah. So this is something, I mean, the, the technology uh, um, component of that probably is, is a, the main issue there. And I think the, the other main issue and this, yeah, all over the, all over the news and the, the media, it, it's uh, bots, it's voice bots and text bots. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, also there, uh, the um, applying bot technologies as an integral part, integral part basically of the interactions mm-hmm. uh, uh, and uh, basically merging um, the, the personal interactions with cu- customer service center staff, for example, mm-hmm. with bot technology, and then still provide the same level of transparency and, and omni, omni-channel convergence. Mm-hmm. This is something where I see uh, really things are, are, are going. How, how good are the bots that you're seeing now? Because I feel like the only ones I interact with, I'm like, come on, you know, I know you can do better than that. Uh, have you seen it advance pretty significantly when it comes to the interacting with bots? Yeah, I mean, both, right? I mean, the, the, I think one of the, one of the key issues, and uh, there, there are plenty of, uh, p- plenty of best practice guides out there. Mm. Uh, the, the one thing that I most commonly uh, see um, as, as a difficulty uh, is that uh, the bots uh, don't identify themselves to be, as to be a bot. Mm. So what you they did try to be a person, a, a human being. One, one, one of the things, for example, our voice bots, uh, bot uh, says uh, in the beginning of the call mm-hmm. uh, is um, I, you can you can talk to me or uh, you can you can wait a couple of minutes to uh, to uh, talk to to a real human being. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so be, be be blunt about it, be upfront mm-hmm. about it, mm-hmm. and then also I mean let's also be honest. Um, what can en- enable uh, custom experience because really resolving an issue quickly uh, if that is achieved, uh, mm-hmm. this is a huge issue. It is a real-time interaction, so that is uh, that is helpful. But at the same time, it's also a driver of uh, of efficiency. Um, so why not why not consider um, giving this efficiency benefit to the end customer? I mean, for for debt collection from a debt collection point of view, I mean, we can typically charge fees for our service, right? Mm-hmm. And why not? Why not ask the customer? Um, okay, if you if you're dealing with with me as a bot, mm-hmm. uh, we can we can uh, help um, spare spare the human being time, mm-hmm. and uh, we, you just get a discount on the fees. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. So yeah, as I said, I mean, bots do have opportunities. They can make offers uh, that uh, simply a costly. Uh, um, Personnel stru- structure uh, cannot uh, cannot uh, cannot offer. That's a cool example. So basically, you know, the company you're saving money by not paying, you know, the service people, and then the end consumer is saving money by just working through the bot that's saving you money. So everybody wins in the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've <laughs> we've done that. We've done that uh, as with a, with an example for for one uh, large uh, publishing company. Mm-hmm. For uh, for e-paper um, um, yeah offerings mm-hmm. and um, it was basically it was um, receivables somewhere below fifteen euros so typically mm-hmm. an area where debt collection 
uh, does not engage too too much. Mm-hmm. But what we did basically is, and we did A B testing on on that and try to find out how that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the 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 um, scenario that worked best was that we contacted people. Uh, with the voice of our bot, basically in an email, mm-hmm. and saying, "Okay, hi, I'm I'm uh, I'm AI, I'm uh, the artificial intelligence of of Troy, mm-hmm. and um, from my uh, colleagues in Flesh and Blood, nobody has re- realized that you've been handed over to us. Uh-huh. Uh, so let's just try to keep it between us. I can offer you a discount on the fees." And <laughs> These are the scenarios where uh, we even get fan letters and emails from customers that we ask to pay. Uh, <laughs> these, are, these are the huge, uh, uh, yeah, just the, the very pleasant situations that I have in my uh, in my professional life right now. <laughs> I I can imagine the minute that it's exclusive. Now we're not going to tell you know the boss. We're not going to tell mom and dad what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just go ahead and handle this. You know. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, right. Oh, man. Well, Phil, this has been fascinating. I appreciate you taking the time today. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. Thanks again to Philip for joining me this episode. If you want to learn more about the work that Troy's doing, check out the link in the show notes. You'll also find links there to learn more about technologies that are transforming customer experience across industries. Be sure to subscribe if you enjoyed it as well so you can receive notifications as new episodes are released. And feel free to always leave us a rating and a review to help us to continue to improve the show. I'm Steven Spears, and this is the Future of Customer Engagement and Experience Podcast. See you next time.